There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. A dimension of sound. For the 158th time, you are not getting out of here. Please let me finish the Count of Monte Cristo. A dimension of sight. No change at all. What? I, I think I look fine. A dimension of mind. Next stop, the Twilight Zone. Merry New Year, everyone! Welcome to the Fifth Dimension. As I do the worst Betty Murphy in Trading Places accent in the history of accents. <laughs> Happy New Year, guys! Welcome to the Fifth Dimension. This episode is posting on the first day of 2022. Woo-hoo! Hopefully, this new year gets to off to a better start. May hopefully there's no sixth of January again. Thankfully, you know, pray to God, so on and so forth. <laughs> We are the fifth dimension. We do talk about the Twilight Zone in its many forms and fashions, the creative, famous series that was created by Rod Serling. The reason it's posting on the first is, to be fairly honest, it is New Year's Day, but it is also an unofficial Twilight Zone holiday, I guess you could say, because they start a major marathon that runs from like Friday to Sunday, which they show almost like every episode, which I found out today. I thought it was just like a collective amount of episodes, but that does happen today, but you can also find us on, you know, the podcast feeds and stuff like that, like Apple, iTunes, or Google Play. You know, please rate us five stars, even though we got off to weird starts, as I like to do. But, you know, we're back to talk an episode, whether good or bad. I can't entirely tell you right now. We'll figure it out as we go along. As always, I'm joined by the two Hitachi Power Wands of my heart, uh, which, of course, are Jacob Anders Reviews <laughs> and Triv of Trivial Theater. How the hell hey, are Nick. you guys? Happy New Year's to you. Hey, Nick. Yes. Hey, Nick. Yes. I got a fever, and the only oh. cure is more Twilight Zone. So, so you know, when you hear like, like Trips, like, what is supposedly her phone going off? Now you know it's not actually a phone. So. It's it is actually one. my phone, but okay. <laughs> so, how the hell are you guys? How is your uh, New Year's Eve, even though we're recording like three days prior to? It's a New Year's Eve. Was it spectacular? <laughs> How was your Christmas? Uh, <laughs> well, judging by Triv's hat, I mean, she's having a great time over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But so how was your guys' uh, Christmas? How did you enjoy did you getting good stuff? Uh, I got a duvet. A duvet? Like a comforter. Nice. Was it like a homemade duvet? No, it was just the store-bought one, but it was really nice. <laughs> Neither one Keep falling warm. apart. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep me warm when the power one can't, I guess. Wait, right. Hey. <laughs> we got that information now. That's out there. We can't take it back. No, you can't. Um, I got a camera, but uh, oh. yeah, had a good time with that. And uh, yeah, New Year's is, is going well, I think. Hooray. <laughs> I know you're all we'll take it. we're all sassy you're all playing a game called Twilight Zone <laughs> called yeah, mm. that too. <laughs> oh man I need some I should have drank some Johnny Walker tonight instead of during dance what the dub game <laughs> oh man so but anyways um waffles. oh god don't talk about that <laughs> um so we're back. Like I said, I hope you guys all had a good Christmas. I hope it went well for you guys. Uh, not YouTube, but everybody else. Um, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> wow, thanks. 
I can, I can but leave. Anyway, I mean, I know you probably you re, like hold that over my head. You're like, I'm gonna leave. I'm just, I'm gonna. I've said gonna that before leave. in my whole life. Been with you since the start, you jackass. It's true. Oh, Jacob, <laughs> you're now the new host. I am. Um, I'm leaving to look up uh, blue waffles. Blue okay, waffles. cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't leave. I'll leave before you. <laughs> you can't. Actually, I can't uh, leave. I, I'll leave. <laughs> See, I can't leave because I'm kind of cemented in place, you bastards. Jeff, you're yeah, in charge now. <laughs> <laughs> He's now, hey guys, clear eye. Oh, Welcome to line. the fifth dimension. <laughs> What's funny <laughs> is all this, all this kind of does relate back to the subject at hand this week. Yes, this episode hits pretty hard when it comes to my addiction to uh, a certain kind of uh, uh, entertainment, I guess you could say. I was just going to say it's goofy as hell. Well, that is an addiction as well. Being goofy (laughs) as hell, I'm telling you. No, um, today we're talking about an episode that I talked about last week or whenever the episode was put out. It was late because I was sick. And I knew I wasn't going to like this episode, but I didn't realize how bad this episode was going to be with such great, fantastic humor. Um, (laughs) And that episode is season one, episode 17, which of course is called The Fever um it's directed by robert flory written by rod serling uh future music by jerry goldsmith stock music uh production code 173 and aired on january 29th 1960 <clears throat> starred everett sloan as the asshole franklin gibbs and vivi janice as the very optimistic flora gibbs wow way and, to give uh, away who they are as people <laughs> well it's pretty obvious it's pretty obvious as soon as the episode <laughs> starts so yeah um this episode is a little a little uh problematic because it's just not a very fun episode it's fun to watch in the sense of just being a humoristic episode just being laugh out loud funny because it goes to places that are um it just goes to places but before you guys watch this episode i have to ask actually jacob you've mentioned it before did you guys remember this episode at all do you remember anything about it i did not like this is probably the most like I at totally 100% did not remember this at all. Mm-hmm. So at least the other ones I'd be like, ah, okay, I vaguely remember that this one I blocked out or something. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this one a ton and every single time I laugh my ass off at it, but it's been with a lot of these apps, it's been a hot minute since I've seen them. And <clears throat> I just sat there and just busted a gut at how just over the top the whole thing was. And what's really sad. And as we talk about, I don't think Rod Sterling was, going for that effect i know what he was going for because no the guy of franklin gibbs is something i've gone through personally and it's a really scary thing to have happen to you um it, but it's played for i think it's because of the time it's because of what the slot machine is made out of which looks like something that was made out of like wood or something like that the way he like knocks it around but it's just like it, 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 I, we'll talk about it. it's just it's a really weird episode it really is it's <laughs> um weird in a good way and i i do th- I, and maybe they I weren't guess. going for humor but like it, it i don't know i guess and and not knowing re- what reviews were like back then but mm. I, I don't i don't know even then given the seriousness of the topic i still think you could look at this and say that is a really strange thing i mean i don't know it's taken literal like they take the literal thing and they 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 kind of take it to an extreme that i think you have to look at with a little bit of humor and knowing rod sterling i think that does relate back to that it's a lot of camp going on in this episode to be fairly honest yeah i think this episode is so funny because 
they it seemed like they just weren't trying very hard <laughs> and it just came even, across yeah. as like half-assed yeah i mean like in even... the end we were the thing we were talking about this <laughs> climactic thing that happens in the end is just like that's like your first take and you went with it <laughs> but even it's the like guys the... at the open you know like the the people that are greeting them yeah they just they just they're so nonplussed about everything. I, I just, it feels like that's, it's either not trying or they're trying for camp. Well, I mean, there's a scene in here where, uh, let me, let me start the story out. Cause I, I have to well, talk Well, we should probably this. do the opening narration. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they, the Gibb family is introduced with uh, whoever the, the manager is. And then the, we see like uh, the kind of a-hole that is Gibbs and Fran, uh, the Mrs. Gibbs and stuff like that. And then we'll roll into narration. So let's go ahead and do the narration real quick. Ooh, my part. <clears throat> yes. Mr. and Mrs. Franklin Gibbs. Three days and two nights. All expenses paid at Las Vegas Hotel. One by virtue of Miss Gibbs' knack with a phrase. But unbeknownst to either Mr. and Mrs. Gibbs is the fact that there's a prize in their package. Neither expected nor bargained for. In just a moment, one of them will succumb to an illness worse than any virus can produce. A most inoperative, deadly, life-shattering affliction known as the fever. Oh, man. What a, what a way to start an episode with a narration that is uh, very 2021. Um, <laughs> got a fever, of, um, and the only way to cure it is more cowbell. Exactly. I got a fever. So- <laughs> I cannot do yeah, Christian Walken. I can't do. I got a fever, and that fever is more space pants. <laughs> space um, pants. Yes. Okay, so this episode kind of, like I said, opens up with we are in like the weirdest built casino ever because they come down the steps of this door that looks like it was made out of plywood. Um, it's 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 the same set i think it's the same set of a lot of other episodes they come down they're introduced to the manager who offers is like you know congratulate him for winning whatever prize and they uh mr gibbs is an angry man he's very um a little abusive to his wife i guess you could say yeah more than slightly a little little but mrs gibbs is an ecstatic woman she's very excited to be there and the first kind of mistake that they make, which I don't know if is a production mistake or there's something off about this episode, is they offer they have unlimited credits for the casino. Saw that too. And as we're going to see later on, I don't think that's a thing that they really uh, delivered on. Yeah, no. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, it was really yeah. weird because I, I've done the check thing before and I'm pretty sure if I'm given unlimited credits, I'm going to be not giving checks to the casino. Uh, but we'll talk about that. But this episode takes place in two locations, the the casino and the bedroom. Also and, the fr- outside of the window. Yeah. Well, yeah. Outside the, <laughs> the road or parking the, lot or whatever The studio lot that is Paramount. Yeah. Indescript concrete slab. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With everybody walking away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... It sounds like Mr. Gibbs is a very religious oriented man because he talks about how Vegas is immoral. It's a miserable waste of time. But he somehow says, hey, go enjoy yourself, Mrs. Gibbs. Oh, it's, um, but it's done with such a look. Oh, well, you go enjoy yourself, though, honey. This is your vacation. I mean, the dripping sarcasm. Yeah, but he's, yeah. Like, he's like, I want to turn. enjoy your vacation, honey. But it's a miserable, terrible waste of time. <laughs> And then when she goes and tries to gamble, 
Yeah, every time she turns around, he's like, hey, woman, you're not supposed to be having fun. Get that quarter out of that machine. <laughs> it's like, good Lord almighty. Get your hand out of that showgirl. What the hell yeah. do you expect them to do in Vegas, by the way? <laughs> I mean, you know what's funny? I have a, I have a, an, um, a like a distant cousin who uh, hmm. looked, at, uh, looked at Vegas and called it a pit of sin and villainy. I was like, yes. <laughs> That's, kind of that's exactly what I go for, you know, this sin and villainy. Oh yeah, and the totally. the great shows and the strip club cards that the uh, the on the on the strip give to you, you know, those uh, strip cards. Yep. Oh, yeah. stuff. <laughs> Can we jump back to the opening narration real quick? Yeah, and absolutely. He says yeah. <laughs> she won by virtue of Miss Gibbs' neck with a phrase. I don't know if they ever explained this, or maybe I'm just dense and not picking it up. What? What? How did she win? So basically what they would do was like, you could win by, um, if you could complete so many phrases, if you ever saw like, um, a Christmas story where he was able to answer all the questions and then he sent it in and he got the leg lamp, it's sort of in that realm of like, you know, like, or, or provided a phrase for like a marketing campaign or something like that. It could have been anything in that realm. So that's more common then or something. Yeah. Oh, it was very common. I'm sounding like, like. Like no. I, I don't know. That's okay. I think I'm the oldest person here too. I should know that. I watch a lot the of I, I, as, as we as we as we've established. Nick hates 30s movies, but they happen to be like that mid century is really my my thing. So I get it. Gotcha. One of the movies yeah, in it. yeah. Fuck them 30s movies. 40s, great. 20s, 30s, you. Oh, uh, you too, Dan. I mean, anyway, I mean, that's the power of this episode. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. I mean, just look at the sets in this episode. They are literally low. It looks like they had no budget because this is the 27th episode, which actually puts it close to being the end of the. Yeah. Was it seventeen? No, no, no. It's the twenty seventh episode recorded. Oh, okay. so they, I think they were starting to run out of money here because the sets are like really low class compared to what they're <laughs> used to using. And I don't mean that to be ne- like in a like a negative. They're like low class individuals. This is, it's like just low. Like it's terribly built it's stuff. I mean, the way fancy. the casinos. Yes, yeah, the beds they probably got out of the dumpster somewhere because they had no <laughs> money for beds anymore. You know. They picked Did them up guys... like the dumpster of a hotel that was renovating because of mold yeah. or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you guys see the door leading into the casino had like a little yeah. chain lock on it? What the hell was that about? To keep the riffraff was... out. Yeah. <laughs> they were open 24 hours a day, though. Why would you have a lock on the door? Oh, they were the being robbed. Out. We're being robbed. Quickly put up, put in the, the security effects. Okay, <laughs> sir, the chain's on the door. Great. They'll never get in. <laughs> we're being robbed. Chain the door, Ethel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, i can't i got pudding shoulders (laughs) that's for the next it was actually for the next episode they were recording where it was a house they just like had the chain on just for you know saving time but it's it's just really funny because like she said he's giving her the the permission to go do something and she goes to a machine she walks around kind of because a woman this is the weirdest thing. I know this is probably other time, but the woman wins like a thousand dollars, and she's just given a basket of money, like she's yep. at a, a church or something <laughs> like that. And she just takes over her friends, like nobody's gonna rob her. I'm like, man, what what a what a time to be in Vegas, you know, with gangsters and you know, um, Bugsy and stuff like that. And you know, that just like here, here's a basket of money. That was like the twenties okay. and thirties. Yeah, basket of money, like she's a par- parishioner or something like that. 
Yeah, so <laughs> I did love in this episode you talk about like the sets and stuff. All mm. of the um slot machines used were mm. had to be um acquired through um the LAPD because they were they were illegal they were they were slots that were confiscated from people. So they used them, they used all these off of a set or for the set, but then they had cops that had to constantly come and check them. So they weren't like taken off and, and used in other ways. They actually felt kind of like those um, old um, uh, registers that you would see in like. Uh, oh, yeah, Westerns. they totally look like that's that what they look like. But they were like they look so cheaply made. Like, how yeah. are you going to how, how are you going to like mistake this for something you're going to be able to use illegally? That is really weird, but, but it did know, look I, cheap as shit. Every time they were like rolling yeah. around, I was like, I, I, how many rolls is that thing going to give? How many pulls of the <laughs> handle is that? that a one-armed bandit gonna give i think it was the tables that they were on too like they seem to be really rickety but i think that was just mm. the tables they were on more than anything yeah because you know those things are heavy as shit so there's no way oh. that that thing would have lasted on that table but Mrs. although Gibbs, the slot machine in question had chicken wire going across the front of it to hold the money in and maybe that was a maybe that was a thing where it was like they 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 mocked it up to make mm. so you could see the money so it was more appealing to like uh, franklin when he came to do it i don't know but this is this is the early version of circus circus yeah <laughs> uh but mrs gibbs puts a nickel and mr gibbs like berates her again she kind of walks away and he pulls the lever or she pulls the lever and she wins bunny and all of a sudden you start seeing mr gibbs start getting like the uh the fever the kind of uh, addiction and he no, like that was the drunk guy. Yeah, um, she didn't. Oh, anything. that's right. She went she, to she money. Was like, I'm not very lucky, am I? And I was thinking, no, oh, you're yeah, not, because yeah, yeah. nope. you're married to that asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was the and drunk like the, guy at the, the yes, thousand. Yes, yes. Yeah, the guy with the weird voice. Oh my god, I love yeah. that guy so much. I was hoping he would come back. Hey, <laughs> come and pull the lever right here. Do it for me. This old lady's calling me. I gotta go over. <laughs> Fuck. What's with the voices in this thing? And he gets hooked. He gets hooked quick. I mean, you can tell from the moment he wins that money. He's like, "Oh, you know where the story's going." There's no surprises. Well, I mean, there there's not really supposed to be any surprises <laughs> until that we see what happens at the end. But <laughs> the the only thing, the only scary thing about this episode, and Mister Gibb takes the money. He's like, "This is money for like um, what I wrote it down." But this is money that's like uh, uh, not used for proper purposes or whatever. It's, it's just, immoral money. Yeah, immoral. Thank you. And before you, before you get there, I'm no, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, but yeah, before yeah, you ahead. get there, right when he, you know, she plays, I'm not lucky and all that. And I think it was when the guy told him, I think it was after the, he won the money that uh, the drunk weirdo guy had him do. And they talk about going back up to the room. He makes a comment that I just, I don't know, it was is just throwaway comment he says he wants to go upstairs come on let's go upstairs he says i want to shave before dinner the fuck who who i don't think i've ever just been like hey i need to shave before dinner <laughs> what the f is was that like a normal thing in the 60s hey maybe because it was fancy it's like it would they're going to a fancy restaurant maybe maybe i don't know but it's not like it was scruffy or anything or i didn't see it, it was low quality so one thing one thing i noticed yeah <laughs> <laughs> one thing i noticed like as we go along as he does the things that he does later on in the later on in the episode he does seem like he's got a five o'clock shadow so maybe he's an obsessive maybe one of his things was just like he needed to be clean shaven and because that's kind of shows like the his progression so he like bit. shaves multiple times during the day yeah. come on possibly 
Dolores, I gotta shave before lunch. <laughs> I gotta shave them uh, pudding sides. Pudding shoulders. Come on, <laughs> pudding shoulders. Pudding sideburns. Yeah, I exactly. Shave before lunch. We going to bed tonight? <laughs> gotta. All right, baby. You want me to shave before bed, don't you? <laughs> I need you smooth, baby. Franklin Gibbs needs some fucking CBD oil. Dude needs yeah, to remove the stick needs. from his ass is what he needs. He needs a well, big too. fat spliff. <laughs> well, he, Dude needs he to get laid. Yeah, he, yeah. He needs to do something. But, this, but what makes this so funny and also terrifying is what happens to, to Franklin Gibbs, his character, and he, he goes up to his room after he leaves, he, after he wins the money, he you see him starting to become a dad act. That's when he says like the immoral and dirty money and stuff like that. And they're in bed, and all of a sudden the voice comes into Franklin's head, which you know he's starting oh, to so lose his sanity, become an addict. And he's like, Franklin, the coins are shaking or whatever, and he <laughs> he gets out of bed fully clothed, like he's already. Yeah, that was the, odd. I'm like, I, I guess. Uh, sure you're fully clothed i guess you're in the midst of going back down and his wife wakes up and she's like what are you doing he's like i gotta go put this money back in the machine this dirty money this immoral money so he's gonna feed the money back in the machine and he talks about immor uh um, immorality or morality or whatever which i guess is what this episode is about more he was already ready to go down there he was yeah. waiting for yeah. her ass to fall asleep and then exactly. she got caught and she's like what are you doing franklin is everything okay? And he's like, no, baby, everything's okay. Just go back to bed. It's okay. <laughs> Can I just add as well that the things yeah. like, and it, it brought up for me, and I know this is kind of off topic, but like the things done in the name of quote unquote morality by so many people that claim to be like moral authorities absolutely blows my mind all the time. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm the most moral person you've ever met. <laughs> moral oral. <laughs> Oh God! Don't don't get me started on that a fantastic show. <laughs> oh God! He goes back down, and that's the end of Act One. Uh, that's when it goes to commercial. So, from Ovaltine's, yeah, yeah. Drink your Ovaltine. Uh, get you, <laughs> go take a potty break. You know, um, find the lost city of gold and all that good stuff. But uh, what did you guys think of the first part of this episode? Did you laugh? Did you cry? Did you want to go gambling in the fifties? All well, I your think money about, would be worth more. All I could think yeah. about going into the commercial break was just a couple of minutes earlier, that creepy ass fin voice. Cause this episode really was just kind of like, eh, whatever. I like the two manager guys in the beginning, how they were. No, like, they were awesome. Oh, are you, are you super, we're super excited for you to be here. And they look at him and he's like, and they're just like, okay. And beyond that though, everything else is just like, okay, obviously he's going to get addicted and it's going to go from there. But then that creepy ass voice comes around and it says, it sounds like the uh, Ted's Ted dancing zombie from creep show. And I was like, yeah, that's been creepy as hell. (laughs) But beyond that, you know, I didn't really take much from it so far. I was just waiting for uh, the uh, second part of the episode that I'm sure was just going to blow me away. Just blow me out the window. I'm not, uh, uh, Jacob is staring and I'm kind of not sure what to think. (laughs) oh my god uh what did you think of the episode what did you think of that first part there you know i've seen this episode a ton so i knew it was coming but i i don't know like the voice always gets you like because it is that it's actually and i know we talked a little bit about this beforehand but the combination of kind of the money dropping and that really super creepy voice like it was a cool combination of of stuff like it felt a little bit inspired to 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 do that to go that route 
to actually have to, you know, have it call to him and stuff. So the one inspiring thing in the show. Yeah, so. <laughs> and the 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 two manager guys at the open talking about oh well we'll you know make sure that this gets put in your home paper and all i could think was can you imagine if they came from a town that was super moral and like oh well mr and mrs gibbs went to vegas a pit of sin and villainy <laughs> like that just yeah that's what i got yeah no um he, this is kind of going off not joking um i have a huge gambling problem it is it, it like you do think you're hearing things calling to you and it gets really disturbing the thing about this episode is i understand what happens to him in a very common sense but it's done with such um almost like cheesiness in a lot of ways it almost kind of makes fun of people who are gambling addict addicts because He's like yelling at his wife. Uh, we're getting like, it's in the second part, but he's like yelling at his wife and he's abusive. And it's like, he's being called by some supernatural entity and everything looks cheesily done. And that's why I don't like this episode at all. Cause oh, it just, fair. yeah, I, that's kind of where I'm going to leave it off being serious, but it's just like, it's a, it's a crazy ass uh, addiction that you can get yourself into. And then, was it, tr- was it trying to, that's the thing is like, like yeah. were they trying, to I, I don't know. Corny or like, cause I know that the whole idea, I think it was trying to be serious, but yeah, it yeah. came from Rod Serling, a trip he had where a similar thing happened to him where he was mm-hmm. having no luck and, and he got mad at the place. So is it him trying to do a commentary on, you know, gambling addiction and, and how these machines can make people feel, or was it him just giving a, a fuck you to <laughs> just casinos and, and, and gambling in general? Yeah. Because in yeah. that case, I could see where if he was just trying to give you a, it wasn't really coming from a genuine place of, Hey, I want to explore how it makes these people feel and react. It would have been more heightened and more kind of just, you know, come across as possibly even a little offensive to people that have been through that in real life. Yeah, I mean, I don't get offended at all by that shit, so I'm not worried well, about I, it. I just, yeah, no, no, no. I, I get what you mean. Like, it, it's it's one of those things you deal with, like an addiction of any sorts, and you you go through and you deal with life and move on, and then laugh about an episode where a guy gets thrown out a window by a gambling machine. <laughs> so it's a uh, well, it's and, good and times. One other thing too with this. You know, like a lot of Serling stuff, you kind of get one of two kinds of characters. You get those sympathetic characters that you can kind of relate to and they're human and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you get the people that are either like super good or super bad. You know, there's really not a lot of middle ground super between bad. those two. And super like from the start, he is a bastard of an individual. So I, I don't mm-hmm. think, you know, he would have been the kind, I, it was, I think just as much showing hypocrisy as it is anything, you know, oh, well, I wouldn't fall to that. You know, how dare you? I, I think- it is yeah. talking about gambling, but it's also talking about like people on their high horse and, you know, you hold other people to this standard, but you're not, refer- you know, holding yourself to that. Because even when yeah. he's before he like when the drunk guy gives him the the or, you know, sticks of money in the slot, he's sitting there and he's like, well, you know, I can control myself. I'm like all these, you know, all these beasts around me. I mean, he, he is so derogatory towards everyone around him. I, mean, I, I think this is as much as it talks about gambling. I think it talks more about hypocrisy yeah being on a high horse and yeah thinking looking down on all the peasants when you're no better exactly mm. i mean that's yeah. a personal that was my takeaway from it well, i think you're right i think there's definitely some of that or a good bit of that in this especially with his character i think yeah. it's talking about the gambling side of things but i do think the actual commentary probably would be less about the gambling and more about because if you think about it it doesn't really i mean yeah the whole thing's about gambling but 
it is more, I think there's more nuance in him walking around talking about how he's better than everybody else in the room because he could control himself and he's not one of these destitute, you know, pieces of shit in this room when he looks like he's having the least amount of fun out of everyone in the entire city. Right. And he's the most uptight and he, he and he falls victim to it as well. So yeah. And harder than everybody else. The other yeah. thing is too, I think if you're gonna he falls have a gambling, real hard. oh, he does massively. <laughs> but I think too, if you're talking about a gambling story, and not that it quite follows that exact same thing. Um, and I can't think of the the ep- or the the episode title, but the one with William Shatner where he takes on the little um the it's fortune like teller a nickel and time or something like that. And yeah. I look it up. But if anything, I think that that one probably relates more to gambling, like the thing is in the end he had the power to listen to other people and walk away and i think if any if anything relates back to the the journey of someone that has that kind of addiction yeah i don't know that would be my thought on the subject yeah i mean like i say i, I gambling definitely is a huge part of this but i don't think that they're for as much as they're talking about gambling i don't think the moral of it relates back to gambling as much as the hypocrisy aspect and once again, like I've said, it's in every single episode. The mirror is very, very important in yep. the stories. It's because it shows you your true self. Like, like there's always been jokes and stuff like that about how a mirror shows you your true self. If you were to look at yourself in a mirror from a you know another person that looked like you, you wouldn't recognize yourself. That type of thing. So, mm-hmm. getting into the second part is pretty straightforward. Well, as straightforward as it's gonna be um for probably half the second half second part of this episode is just gibbs on a uh, slot machine getting more and more unhinged more and more losing his shit because he keeps losing money i go back to what we talked about earlier and i'm like they give him a limited credits but is this like a all you can eat food bar where you only have a certain amount of unlimited credits and then you give him checks. I don't know what was going on here, but he cashed like five checks in this entire second half. And he kept talking about wife, their money. Like yeah. their money. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm, I need to win it all back, which, you know, what addicts do and so like gamblers do because I've done it. I, I was just laughing because I'm like, he has unlimited credits, but he's having to write checks that is, you know, his ass can't cat bounce or <laughs> cash or what is that he's writing is he's writing checks is that his his ass, ass can't, can't, cash. can't yeah. Cash, yeah so he's going more and more in debt the the managers are just looking on like man this guy is just losing his nuts and i mean it's pretty like, like i said it's just a guy going more and more losing it become more and more an addict yelling at his wife he's on he's at the casino for like 24 hours as it said later did, did, did you guys kind of like fall off the boat with this at this point or are you guys already off the boat like i mean where did you guys feel when it came to this part because it was just like it was like five to six minutes of just him gambling yeah Dutch that angles part, that part was not that enthralling i mean i get that they were trying to get across the whole he's been here for a long time but we didn't necessarily need to spend that entire long time with him no and uh i wanted to say at one point that either the floor manager somebody some two of the employees are over there and he's like he's been at this for five hours straight i'm like damn and on the same machine if he hasn't won on a slot machine in five hours he really does have the worst luck of any human being on earth (laughs) because he's asking for water yeah like he's got to pass out and all that and honestly i thought because i knew it's going to be a twist of some kind or something's going to happen 
And um, I honestly thought he was going to stop or be pulled away or whatever. And then somebody was going to walk up and just like put one coin in and hit the jackpot. And I was going to laugh my face off. That's what happened. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's not what happened. But I really thought that's what was going to happen. That was going to be like, you know, maybe they pull him away and he'd finally be like, okay, I'm going to stop. And then somebody's going to walk up and just be like, bloop, bang. It's like he would like lose his <laughs> shit again. Unfortunately, that is not what happened. Instead, we got something much more funny. different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, much different. One thing about uh, it, he called- you didn't expect it. <laughs> no, yeah, I well, did not. I did no, not expect uh, yeah, it. Yeah, sure didn't. Uh, but he calls his wife a shrew. He tells her she has miserable luck. It's inhuman, the machine. It teases you, it holds out promises. Uh, then Mr. Gabe continues to lose more money, uh, which that was funny. <laughs> Triv, I, I kind of cut you off. What did you think about this section? I mean, you've seen this episode a billion times, so you kind of know what's happening. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. did this I mean, did it make good? Anyway, go ahead. Oh, oh, I was just gonna say, I I think that they, I appreciated the fact that they didn't go to the same shots. Like they did a fair amount of interesting shots, and the pace of it did pick up a little bit to kind of reflect mm-hmm. the the frantic nature of what he was going through. But yeah, it definitely did go on for too long. And I don't know. The story is so simple and so mm. straightforward. It's like I, they're padding it out. Yeah, they really yeah, did. Yeah. Like it, it felt like like it was one of those things where it felt like and I, I know it's only a 25 minute episode, but I feel like it could have been told in half the time. Yes. You know, I don't know. Everything, especially that whole whole part where he's like gambling all his money away or whatever away. That could have been done. So, you could have cut almost all that out. I think yeah. that we already got in like one or two shots. We already knew that, okay, he's addicted. We know what's going on. So everything right. that came after that was just useless and pointless. I mean, nothing changed for like yeah. a solid five plus minutes. We just watched this guy gambling over the course of the night and we gained nothing from it that we didn't already know. Okay. He's addicted to gambling. Now we get it. Right. I think I've seen uh, Rod Sterling write before just stories where he actually condenses stuff like this down. But like you said, the padding is almost it's almost like in your face how much he's like, you know, he's in he's in the writer's room with his like all, you know, male writing room. He's like, we're going to we're going to bash, you know, have this woman be like a sympathy character. We're going to have this guy be a jerk. And but we need to like have him pad out till we get to the crazy scenario at the end. And it's just like. I feel I feel like I'm just like, is this? Are you trying to make me bored? Are you trying to make me like want to stop this episode? I mean, I don't know. I would have rather had them half that part, kind mm-hmm. of half yeah. of that out, and extend the batshit crazy end part out where we get like some running <laughs> like down hallways candy. from this thing, yeah. like with the, like vertigo esque visuals and <laughs> stuff. But you know, <laughs> even even the end part, like where you you know, even that felt long. You know, it's like. You know, he'd run over yeah. here in the thing. Yeah, you know, went over there and it's uninspired. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. Mm. And I'm sure it was. It could have very well been, like we said, it could have been a case of money and budget and stuff. But they could have gone to like, you know, she pulls him away finally, or you know, they say, "Sir, you know, the machine needs maintenance or whatever." You know, and she like pulls him away to, you know, to to, you know, to the buffet or you know, to a show or something. But he keeps like you know, bugging her. And, and there's, there's ways to, they could have shown that addiction part because Rod Serling did talk about how this was inspired by an experience he had to, to yeah. not expand it. And again, I'm sure budget played a huge part of this, but. You got to wonder well, if did the, like of the times, like laws and stuff like that. Cause you know, they were laws really got involved with like making of shows and 
movies and stuff were there certain things that were more taboo was gambling and stuff like that more like in detail gambling it was, was it illegal taboo? well yeah i know but it was like in la where they were making this and where it took place in vegas which i guess it was still legal there but was it like more taboo to talk about these things and to show them on screen would the network have been like um, oh no you can't show the gambling this is you a can't glorify film. you couldn't show glo- like like you couldn't uh, like Hayes code i'm trying to think what it was for tv it might have been the same thing like you you had to show couples in single beds you couldn't show you, yeah. you never saw a toilet flush you couldn't like talk down to folks that were in the military cops they have to wake things up like fully that. closed yeah to some extent yeah <laughs> um as far as the gambling thing i'm not 100 percent sure i'm sure there would have been no glorification of it so maybe there was something about like they saw like his going to town on the machine as glorification they they very well might have well i mean um, he he puts his last coin or dollar coin or whatever in the machine and of course it doesn't it doesn't you know f- you know twist down for him and then he like has the strength of like 12 men he's able to knock that thing on the <laughs> ground and they like carry him out screaming and you think they would like actually be kind of cool if like the ending was like him in a padded room and that's when like the addiction stuff comes in like with the with what we're gonna talk about in a second but he's pulled out screaming and then that's when they actually pick up the the slot machine and that's when they put the out of order sign on yep. the machine it's like, oh, we made all this money, but now it doesn't work properly, so we're going to put the thing <laughs> on the machine. It's just like, good lord almighty. He's been doing this for 24 hours. They've made their money off of him. And Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I do wonder, though, like, and I've, um, like, at that time, they didn't allow, and this is a little bit of a tangent, but, like, with, with comics, they wouldn't allow things to be shown. Like, you couldn't show drug addiction. You had to be very subtle in the way that you did stuff. That might have mm-hmm. been why they didn't go whole hog on the on the addic- on the the addiction part of it. I mean, they didn't even refer to... I don't think they ever said the word gambling in there once, did they? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. And maybe that's, a, maybe that's a moot point, but I'm, I'm sure there was probably something in there of, oh, well, we, we can't, you know... I mean that balance of marketing and and you know did proper... they even did they even uh, consider gambling addiction a thing back then? I mean, you got to think some things just weren't in the lexicon of you know the, of the of the world at that point. Did they consider it I'm an addiction, sure. or did they consider it the devil telling you mental to illness or an illness or something that they need to drill a fucking hole in your head? I, well, I, I'm sure there was, like you say, there was the thing about, you know, a moral person doesn't, doesn't, you know, spend their money in frivolous ways. You know, you don't throw your way of money. You don't throw. So it was probably, you know, if you dealt with this stuff, you didn't, you didn't, it wasn't called an addiction, but it's a thing that it was immoral to to do because that money could be given to the Lord or to, you know, protect your family or whatever. But I'm giving my, I'm giving my money. I'm giving my money to the almighty slot machine. There you go. Different terms, but same general meanings, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? It's it's one of those things that we'd have to kind of look up laws and whatever those things are called, the statutes, statutes of the 1950s. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm not but, doing that. <laughs> exactly. 6,000 <laughs> pages of statues from the 1950s. <laughs> um, okay, so let's do it. Let's go into the ending of this episode. So... Uh, Clearly, Mr. Gibbs has lost his shit because he's like wide-eyed open. He looks like he could be in a padded room at this point because he's been taken away. We get the constant calling of his name. We know it's coming from his mind because she can't hear it. She has no idea what's going on. 
you know, the idea of being super addicted to something, this is really a really potent thing, but it's played for laughs, to be fairly honest. I was laughing my ass off. Like you said, Jake, up the creep show moment when you could hear like the the rattling of the coins or the or you know they're doing the the gurgle and stuff like that when they're coming out of the water and taking down uh, <laughs> <Leslie> Nielsen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he goes and looks around the room and then finally he hears it from the the front door opens the door pan up a close on his eyes pan around the slot machine staring at him and it's got a yeah, smile <laughs> similar yeah, to uh, mega corporation yes <laughs> yeah mega corporation <laughs> And it's like lighting up and it's making noises and he closes the door and she's like looking at him weird stuff like that. He closes the door and it's in the room. Then he opens the door again. It's outside the door. It's moving. I'm assuming they had a pull string on it because it was very light. You know, <laughs> and it was like an effect. So they were pulling it. It was like moving towards him and shit. And he um, comes in the room, starts coming close to him. He uh, looks on in horror and uh, falls to his death by falling out a very fragile window. Which I didn't know windows could break that easily, he but you didn't know, sugar fall glass. through shit. He crashed through it like in an yeah. action movie. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, but he barely touched it. He touched it and then exploded out of this window <laughs> to a two foot drop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Landed was... in an anonymous parking lot. One other thing too, like when he got pulled away from the slot machine, he says, mm. "It owes me a dollar. It owes me a dollar because it breaks halfway through." <laughs> And what that is, it's like, oh, it, no, it owes you several dollars if you want to look at it from that perspective. <laughs> All I can think about was the kid from Better Off Dead. I want my two dollars. <laughs> was that Better Off Dead? Yeah, that was Better Off Dead. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, the newspaper yeah. kid. Maybe that's oh, just my man. weird mind. But to kind of finish out the episode, so Mr. Gibbs is like, he's like angled like this, ah, you know, tongue hanging out and shit. <laughs> And like these guys yeah. are coming up, and they're just... <laughs> he's probably like laughing his ass off, like when he's filming this. But he's like, he's like, he's laying on the ground, glasses everywhere. And like the the medic comes up, and the the manager comes up, and there's like a crowd around him. And he's like, "What happened to him? Oh, he was you know in the casino for 24 hours." And I'm like, "Okay, the uh, the stretch will be here in 10 minutes." And they all just kind of walk away. Walk away. And just walk away as <laughs> Mrs. Gibbs is screaming in horror. They just walk away. And then a quarter or quarter like rolls towards him. And then we see the machine. And that's when we'll talk about the uh, closing narration in a couple seconds. But so he's killed by his own imagination, I guess is the easiest way to put it. But I was laughing my ass off so hard because one, the machine, the slot machine looks so weird and like terrible looking it looks so cheap and it's like lighting up with the the certain mega corporations smile and lights are everywhere and it's like shaking like r2d2 and stuff like that and i don't know how you guys feel but i i truly was just like this is the funniest thing i've ever seen in my entire life i have to go and hug rod sterling even though he's dead at some point in my life because he just made probably the perfect ending for a twilight zone episode i've ever seen in my entire life and i don't mean that in a good way it was just <laughs> ridiculous and stupid and i laughed and uh, i appreciate that because sometimes you need laughter in your life even if it's terrible so yep. what did you guys think of the ending did you guys think it was as funny as i did what was your overall thoughts i loved it i all i could think was when the when the silver dollar rolled into his hand it's like mm -hmm. here's your change you filthy animal <laughs> i uh <laughs> i was honestly the part in the room <clears throat> i appreciated mm -hmm. what they were trying to do what they're yeah. going for I don't think they quite 
met the concept of what they were going for though and even that part started to get a little bit long i was like okay how many times is he going to turn this way and it's there turn that way and it's not turn this way and it's over there now but then as soon as it focused on him backing up towards this window i was like he's going to fall out of this window but there's glass in it so i don't know maybe maybe he's going to swing up it no he's just gonna like <laughs> explode out of it like neo just you know sparta kicked him out of a fucking window <laughs> but really, or he's like the guy the- in airplane it just jumps yeah. out the window. <laughs> and uh, all that was missing from this, because I, I did that part right there. I was like, oh, I was laughing my ass off, too, in the last, like, 60 seconds of this episode. But all that was missing was a Wilhelm scream yes. when he fell out. That would <laughs> that would have been awesome. They need to edit that in. And also the fact, it, this wasn't missing, this was there. When he fell out of the window, it was clearly, like, the bottom of this drop was, like, one foot under the camera or the the um off screen he fell and you see him stop he falls off and his feet just go he goes ah uh, and his feet just kind of stop on screen and then he like pulls them off real quick i'm like that that's the best you for got. slippers to fall off he's like flying the air or something yeah i was like pulls his foot up <laughs> that's the best you got you guys just first take how did they not see that somebody had to have seen that and been like how about we get another take on that it's just a guy going backwards out a window why not no they're like the no, window we ain't got time for this shit we, no i think that the because at that point i think the window was broke like the when it shows that angle they may have like thrown some shit out on them or something i don't know but i feel as if they could have reshot that one scene there and it it's, it wouldn't have been much better but it wouldn't have been as funny but i'm i guess i'm kind of happy they didn't because the rest yeah. of the episode was not that great but that part didn't make it he falls out and then it shows him like 24 floors below and like nick said (laughs) all i can think of when they're sitting there around him talking they're all just so nonchalant just like hey what happened to this guy we're all around this body nobody covers him up nobody does anything (laughs) he's literally at the end of the episode just like yeah (laughs) he looks like the the joker in the end of batman just no blood and like (laughs) yeah (laughs) And then they just, including his wife, everybody just walks the off. Like they walk off and he's just left there in silence on the street or parking lot, wherever he felt just a body. I was like, what the f- They just left this guy. And I don't even know. I think Nick, you had mentioned that they said that the, the ambulance was on the way. I don't even remember hearing him say that. They may have said it. Uh, I'll take you. Yeah, they, yeah. They said the stretcher is going to be here in a couple of minutes. And yeah, all so I can say was he probably died of a broken heart. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> All I nobody think gave was... enough to even hang around yeah. after he's dead or cover exactly. him up or anything. See, this is what happens when you're an asshole. You get treated <laughs> <I'm> like fucked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All I could think was uh, you know, as people walked away and all of a sudden there's a, a thing on the screen that says, and nothing of value was lost. <laughs> yeah, that's true. true. He was a dick, but still just left the body on the street. And the bodies hit the floor, and the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that was a, that was an interesting episode, and in, yeah. uh, entertaining for the wrong reasons. Ending to an interesting episode. Agreed. Yeah, I wish it, I wish I could say the same thing, but I appreciate your candor there, Jacob. <laughs> oh, when I just say something's interesting, and that's about all I have to say about it, that's usually not a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe you should watch Vanquish. You'll probably find it very interesting. Very, very interesting. <laughs> Ruby Rose is in it. She's an interesting individual. Wow. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty much the episode. Like I said, it's 
It's something, I'm telling you that much. But uh, let's, let's <laughs> do the closing narration to end this episode. Mr. Franklin Gibbs, visitor to, visitor to Las Vegas, who lost his money, his reason, and finally his life to an inanimate metal machine, variously described as a one-armed bandit, a slot machine, or, in Mr. Franklin Gibbs' words, a monster with a will of its own. For our purpose, we stick with the latter definition, because we're in the Twilight Zone. Not a good closing narration, in my opinion. No. Nah. It should have gone, Franklin oh. Gibbs was a total bastard who deserved to die. His wife stood by, doing nothing to stop him, nothing to in- to uh, help the slot. In fact, the slot machine in question had more personality. Well, I, I didn't mind most of the closing narration. It's just the last line. We'll stick with the latter definition because we're yeah. in the Twilight Zone. Yeah. It's usually, it's usually more of a, you know, but this is where they ended up or where they were headed in the twilight zone and like <laughs> the stretcher was several in. blocks away yeah <laughs> in the twilight zone <laughs> left left on an indescript concrete slab where he's pointing a stretcher <laughs> that may or may not get there because it is in the twilight zone <laughs> franklin gibbs became what is it franklin gibbs became a human speed bump in the twilight zone <laughs> oh so this is she so yeah this is this is where the woman from the last episode hit franklin <laughs> Going over the speed bump to her ultimate demise. I like it. Uh, I like maybe it. that's how she hit the pudding shoulders because he, he bumped over her. Yeah. Um, the, the his, sh- slot ma- his shoulders were pudding post, or po- her shoulder, his shoulders were pudding post being hit by her. Yeah, Lord, it all connects. Yes, Fuck the mirrors. It all connects to the, the, the hitchhiker. Um, oh, the slot machine was used in a nice place to visit in the prime mover. So. Mm. Nice. Yeah. So they gotta get some good uh good luck out of that. Oh yeah. But oh no yeah, good by the sayings. way, no good sayings that? for the lexicon this week. The best I could come up with was the devil with you. I don't feel like that's that's not it doesn't stand up to pudding shoulders. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. Well it's or a self power episode, so what, what would said. you expect? Pudding shoulders, I mean, not not jello shoulders, not yogurt shoulders. Yeah. I just like yogurt shoulders, but we'll go with pudding shoulders. <laughs> Yeah, that I got, doesn't I got surprise shrew. me at all, you damn southerner. True, yeah, true. Pudding shoulders. Yeah. Hey, pudding shoulders. Hey, pudding shoulders. I'm sucking a puss and the devil with you. <laughs> In your dirty money. <laughs> I was born under a weak zodiac. <laughs> but um all right. Um <laughs> so yeah, I don't think this episode is going to rank very high on our Twilight Zone list, but we'll get to that in a, a minute. You guys have anything else you guys want to talk about in this episode? Like anything you want to throw out there that we didn't talk about or missed or any any final concluding thoughts that you want to talk about? Was this drunk? The f- oh, go ahead. No, I just had a, a quick question. I noticed it. Was this the first episode that used the traditional Twilight Zone music in the beginning? Or have there been other? Um, it says... This is one of several episodes from season one with its opening title sequence plastered over with the opening for season two. This was done during the summer of 1961 to help the season one shows fit with a new look. This is also one of three season one episodes with uh, Morris Constance theme instead of Bernard Herman's over the closing credits. That's a closing. I swear that the has because that hasn't been the opening theme, has it? I mean, that's the no. traditional theme, but that's what I the opening theme to this one was. It, it, in the opening credit, because I went back and checked, the opening credits to this or the opening, you know, the opening of the show had that 
traditional nee 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 nee. I'm gonna keep doing that because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think this is the first time we've heard the traditional style. Because I didn't think it came around until later on, like season two or three. Yeah, season two. Well, if it came around season two, then that would have been like they they went over top of the original season one episodes or I season one open. Uh, so that would make sense. Let me see. If, let me see if it said anything in the. Uh... Is Maybe it wasn't like the original or... air or anything, but the <laughs> copy I have is same. reissue. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I I actually don't think that Bernard Herman actually did the uh, that version. I think it was Maurice Constant. Maurice Constant was a Romanian-born Frenchman. Hmm. Actually, was the one who made the uh, was unified by specific interval of paracues trying to constant as a fine composer. Did not know about his music's new use until the series began to air in 1960. So I think it was pretty close here. It started here. It was pretty close. I think he's the one that actually is more well-known for that particular version of it. I just don't recall hearing it from before. So I think this is the first time I've heard it. I'd have to go back and look at the other episodes, but I know that they had a different opening it for for a while. Okay. So with that said, uh, Jacob. You have finally watched a good amount of Twilight Zone episodes. Now, now you can participate like a uh, you don't a have real to boy, <laughs> like a real, yeah, like a real to... Twilight Zone fan. <laughs> you can now play with us on the swing set. You know, Yay! That kind of thing. I'm only Jake, behind two play, episodes. Come play with us. <laughs> come play with us, Jake. Come play with us, Jake. I think in our, our, I think in our number four and number thirteen spots. Those are the only two episodes mm-hmm. I haven't seen, and I'll have those watched by next week. So yeah, so the what he's talking about is of course the Twilight Zone lists the rankings of the Fifth Dimension, the Twilight Zone podcast, and <laughs> the non-official official list that we are uh, making official, and nobody else can do another list of the Twilight Zone. Uh, with that said, uh, Walking Distance still number one. Four of us are dying. A sixteen. I have to ask: Is this better than the sixteen millimeter shrine? That's where I'm starting off at. Uh, I would say: Is this better than Escape Closet? And I'm pretty sure we'd all say no. <laughs> on that one. Well, the devil, oh. the one scene of the devil is better than this whole thing. But I will say yeah. that this one was incredibly interesting from the perspective of it. I mean, it was unintentionally hilarious. And for mm-hmm. what I do, I can appreciate the fact that it was unintentionally hilarious. But that only gets you so far when you're talking Twilight Zone. Yeah, I I think seeing as how I've seen um, 16 millimeter shrine now, um, 16 millimeter shrine was not great, but just from a quality perspective. And honestly, this one drugs so much. Yeah, the the last two minutes of it were unintentionally hilarious and just really out there. But the rest of it drugs so damn much. And 16mm Shrine, while it was very derivative of like um, Sunset Boulevard and it was, it drug a little bit too. I think I enjoyed it more than this one, honestly. I know that Nick, I think you hate. 16 millimeter shrine <laughs> well i mean i don't hate 16 millimeter shrine as much as i hate this episode because wow well, okay then we're in we're that's in, just that's just my honest here. opinion that's why yeah that's why i went to 16 millimeter shrine because i as much as i laugh my ass off and i appreciate the laughter of this episode i i need good substance in my twilight zone episodes i don't need <laughs> you know if they're if they're doing a comedy episode similar to the very the season finale which we'll get to where since we're halfway through the season already we'll get to you know in a couple months but i i don't i don't know if you remember the episode jacob but it's the one that breaks the fourth wall um 
a world of his own. It's about a writer who can like bring things to life and stuff like that. And it has I love that episode. Yeah. And that has that is comedy used to a great effect because Ross only appears and it's very meta and what it's trying to do. I don't think this is a meta episode. No. I don't think this is going for laughter. And I think unfortunately it's way too funny. It actually is a little little problematic in its storytelling. And yeah. uh, like you said, very, very boring in certain parts. But Triv, I don't I don't think it's okay. meta because I've seen the Matrix no, Revolution or Resurrections. I know what meta is. <laughs> um, but um, I, I will say that if the entire thing had been like, even if it was an unintentionally funny, if the whole episode was like the very end, and just mm-hmm. like a laugh riot, even if it was unintentional from beginning to end, that'd be a different story. But it's not. It's yeah. just fucking boring for the most part until that last batshit crazy ending. And there's a couple of funny things that the old guy, Franklin, does. Just how he like treats his wife. I don't mean they're not funny. It's actually kind of shitty. But just because, mm-hmm. you know, we're watching a show and it's like, <laughs> he's just like shutting her down at every yeah. turn. He's a shithead, he's but a- it's. Yeah, he's a dick. It's, but it's funny to watch. Yeah, he's uh-huh. terribly written too. Yeah, yeah. and uh, but yeah, there's just not much. Regardless if it's intentional or not, there's not much entertainment value here until the last two minutes, and that's just not good enough. Granted, that last two minutes is probably more entertaining than anything that's in 16 millimeter Shrine, but it's only two minutes, so I can't really rate it above 16. 16 millimeter Shrine was at least well made. Mm-hmm. This was. Not so much. This is an off day. It's a lazy week. <laughs> a lazy, lazy Sunday. Yeah, they, they made this go. on a they made this on a Wednesday or not a Wednesday on a, on a Friday, I guess, or something. Yeah. What do you think? I, I can see what they were going for. I mm. but intention only gets you so far. Um, again, the padding in this one was <laughs> it kind of equates to the 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 door that led into the gambling area with the little chain on the door. Like that's kind of what I equate this whole episode to. My favorite thing about this thing was the random drunk guy. And obviously outside of like the last two minutes and yeah, I just looking at the listings and there, there are bits of like 13 through 16 where I could see this fitting, but Mm. I I honestly, I would put this above 16 millimeter shrine just because the outright ripoff from a modern standard, it's such a ripoff, but given what it is there's more substance there's more heart there's a lot more going on with 16 millimeter shrine so i think it definitely needs to go below that but i the 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 characters you know gibbs is just a bastard there's there's he doesn't have anything else that's all he is Mm -hmm. mrs you know flora gibbs is just all she is is like supportive of her husband regardless of who of what he does Everything is one dimensional, except for the slot machine, which weighs quite a lot and ends up smashing through the guy. Um, yeah. You know, that that's that's kind of all I got. So yeah, I'd say it goes underneath sixteen millimeter shrine, but above four of us are dying. Which one yeah, would you it, watch right now? If we said you have yeah. to watch one, but you could choose which one: sixteen millimeter shrine or this one. Which one would you watch? Honestly, sixteen millimeter shrine took me longer to get through, but it has more substance to it. So I'm gonna say 16 millimeter. If I if gun to my head, if I had to watch one right now, I'd say 16 millimeter shrine. There you go. It's tough to kind of joke on based off like what is trying to attempt, but that last part just it gets me every time. And it just it still is just well, you know what it is? It's like the the um um what is the uh the one what you need? 
the what you need episode yeah. like, right the, the right the, the, that whole thing or like the devil in escape mm. clause you know it's those little moments that that make something memorable the reason i remember this episode is because of the 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 slot machine calling out for franklin and, and when it you know chases him around with a little smiley face and stuff but i don't flash it yeah and those are awesome but i don't think it's enough to to hold it in the way that the devil or the sped up car is you know yeah i mean it makes sense uh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna disagree with you there on that so i mean where are you thinking I'm getting me personally. I, I'm thinking it's underneath 16 mm shrine, but you're we're talking about like a finite level we're getting to where right. you could put it on either side and it still stinks either way. But right. 16 millimeter shrine, at least it has an idea about Hollywood and how Hollywood kind of spits you up in a lot of places. It has a consistent tone to it. This goes from you know, kind of fine to being over the top. And then just going to uh, like uh, Monty Python levels of comedian. <laughs> and it just, it was like it, the tone just kind of threw me off. And I was like, this is, this is not fun with what they're doing. So, yeah, but it, yeah, do you guys think it's better or worse than the four of us are dying? Um, mm-hmm. I'd rather watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, four of us are dying is one of the worst things of the Twilight Zone. I think I don't, I don't ever see an episode. Maybe the Mighty Casey, maybe, but I don't see another episode being this bad. Worse than Four of Us Are Dying, unless you guys have. I mean, I think Four of Us Are Dying has a lot wrong with it. I can still, you know, you bring up an interesting point, Jake. I I, I don't think, I'll go with whatever you guys think, but I do think that Four of Us Are Dying does have more depth of story than what this does. Like, it doesn't make any sense, but yeah. like the, the the idea and everything that goes with it and the the filming of that one and we've talked about that the filming yeah. of that one is is so much more not to, this one has some cool angles it does some great stuff with close-up shots it does have some interesting dutch angles but the shooting on four of us are dying is a lot more cool i guess like there's more to it i'll be honest with you i like the four of us are dying more than this i did really? not like this episode i mean i like i'm taking the unintentional comedy of the last couple of minutes and those little few things like the crazy voice and all that out because, you know, overall, gun to my head, you got to watch one. Four of Us Are Dying or this. I'm probably going to watch The Four of Us Are Dying. Because while that episode wasn't, it was just all over the place. And it didn't make a lot of sense. It didn't connect right. It had so many issues. Technically, it looked like they actually put effort into it. They just, That's you know, didn't stick the landing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at least... It was like a collection of things that are going on that didn't all connect together the way they were wanting to. But these things that were going on were at least somewhat interesting or more interesting than this. Like this has like a huge portion of that second part of the episode. You're just watching this guy sweat and gamble. (laughs) And it's like you're you're getting absolutely nothing from it. It is just he is it is. There's nothing happening. And it, it, I think, Triv, you mentioned it, that it's this is a very simple episode that could have been, I think this thing could have been told in 10 minutes. Oh, half that. You could I think have it could have to- been told, yeah. Yeah, you. this, this would be been, a good SpongeBob episode, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. I was thinking about that as you were saying, like when you were talking about it earlier, I'm like, this is a perfect SpongeBob episode. Oh my God, this is the I worst episode pants. of The Twilight Zone so far. 
I just I, I'm 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 right there with you. If you think about it, the four of us are dying. It's terrible. But this one is going for something and doesn't even deliver on what it's trying to go for outside of just being absolute devastation. Oh my god, it's a SpongeBob episode. Holy shit! <laughs> I don't think that Serling had a clear view of what it was he was trying to say when he wrote this. I think it was supposed to be kind of a fuck you to gambling and casinos and those establishments but i don't think he fully knew beyond just putting a grandos version of what he kind of went through of becoming you know addicted to the gambling during his stay there in vegas i think he probably realized through writing it holy shit this isn't going to fit 20 24 minutes or whatever it was and uh, also I, i think he probably was like oh there's not enough nuance in this we're missing that so what he did was he went back and tried to add in the stuff about the uh uh the guy being you know all on his high horse and and the hypocrisy and all that but it just wasn't quite enough it was just right. it, he didn't go into it with that in mind it seems like it seems like he went into it just kind of a it's like a hate right he like got pissed off at the situation that happened he's like <laughs> oh yeah i'll show you i'm rod serling you don't <laughs> you don't hotel or, or casino you don't make hot rod serling feel like this i'm gonna <laughs> show you and so he wrote an episode and then he like came down from his high and he's like well that kind of sucks let me add some other subtext in here to make it twilight zoney yeah. but he didn't go into it with that he went into it just wanting to talk shit about gambling in casinos yeah. and it came out came off as just and i'm sure that it was very impactful to him when he was going through it that's probably why it was shot like that and it showed the guy down there like just trying and trying and trying because that's probably what he was trying to get across is like you try 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 forever ever ever and you just get nothing in return but as far as like entertainment value we already picked up on that we don't need to see it again we don't need to see it for five six seven eight minutes or however long it was it felt like a fraternity and going back to the four of us are dying i mean that that one just didn't each individual section like the part of the club the part of the gangster's place the part with the old man they didn't really come together very well but at least those parts while you're watching them they were fine yeah watching him talk with the gangsters watching him in the club they didn't pay off but at least this did either but i mean at least they while watching them i was like okay what's going on here i was intrigued this one i was just sweaty old man gambling and then fucking crazy machine uh, pushes him out of the window nice i i can't i'm gonna say right now that's a that's a winning argument right there i never even thought about that i hate the four of us are dying but yeah this is this is worse yeah i hate both Uh, of you I hate this oh, one. Oh yeah, this is like <laughs> this is like where's everybody? Then the shit, then the dirt, then the sixteen millimeter of uh, condoms Kinda that are used. And, yeah. <laughs> oh my the, god, dude. The dead, um, <laughs> the dead. I don't even know what's going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then the rest of the Twilight Zone. So um, this is in the garbage heap of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. What do you think, Triv? I, I'm okay with moving it down. I mean, like I say, the the funny elements of this, if you take those and put them into perspective with what they were probably going for at that point, they do lose the the thing that makes them good. And for all the, for the amount of shots, like even with the close-up shots that they were pulling, cause they did some pretty decent, they did a fair amount of like really tight shots on this one, but they were so, they weren't, they didn't feel well constructed. They're just, they just felt like, okay, we need, we need something to convey something quick, get a close-up shot. Whereas the, the shots with four of us are dying they felt like they were supposed to be there. There was intent with what they were supposed to do outside of utter chaos. 
so yeah, I, I think I think this one could go last. I don't have an issue with all it. All right, all right. It has taken a turn into the Twilight Zone, apparently. So, yeah. um, I mean, I don't think it's that far of a of a stretch to call this one the worst, though, either in the grand scheme. It's, yeah, you know, yeah. we're only seventeen in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we're ha- only halfway through the first season, so we're getting there slowly but surely. Don't call me um, surely. So, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, there we go. Um, new this number. one definitely had pudding shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, going into this, as much as I've watched this episode, I didn't expect to have this one be at the bottom. But you know, I mean, and that's what the conversation does. You know, it makes you reconsider stuff. The cheapness of the sets, the 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 padding of this, the the way that they were going for intent versus the way that it actually turned out. I mean, yeah. So well, it's crazy how when you go back and watch things. Like now doing what we do, when you watch things now, you look at things differently. I mean, I think that, you know, if if you think something's bad, like years ago when you watched it, now as being someone who looks at movies and reviews them to tell people if, you know, they should watch these things or not. I think we just look at them more with more of a critical eye. And if something was bad then, it's probably still bad now. But I do think that you can find more of an appreciation for some things now because of the way yeah. that we do critique things but at the same time you can find a lot more flaws in things oh so, yeah and maybe that's what happened i don't know i mean if it sucks, it sucks it sucks yeah no <laughs> yes. and that's 100 the case you know yeah not everything can be uh you know you know the original yeah. feeders movie sometimes you get feeders too yeah. exactly <laughs> ghoulies too or something yeah, yeah. yeah. troll too Oh, oh my hey, god don't be dropping in on troll too that um, one's pretty awesome silent night deadly night 1900 a silent night yeah. deadly night five was pretty fucking awesome garbage day uh, <laughs> that's probably yeah. the best one yeah i've been seeing original. that all over twitter the past few days or something i don't know if that showed up it's because it's christmas yeah there, there's yeah. a guy that yeah. sells those shirts and oh okay i mean i knew what it was that from shit a lot so all right so with that said uh yeah the fever goes in the last place at number 17 I, what a i don't I have a fever and the cure uh, for no it cowbells is for cowbell. us in this one so <laughs> exactly um yeah so number one stays walking distance of course number 17 is now the fever which takes over four of us are dying which lasted uh not as long as i was expecting so <laughs> um can i just say i think from an editing perspective you just wanted it put at the bottom so you didn't have to move a bunch of stuff yeah yeah (laughs) you you have no idea that that takes me like way longer than it should that's okay (laughs) no i know um but with that said that'll do it on this episode the next episode we're gonna be talking about is an episode actually next two episodes i don't remember at all but this next episode is called the last flight Uh, it's apparently a time travel episode which i i don't know this episode at all i don't remember it at all that seems real familiar yeah, yeah it's Kenneth Haig and Alexander Skorubi, uh Robert Warwick. Maybe that's Warwick Davis's father. I don't know. Um, but it's a Richard, Richard Matheson written story, so it's based off of oh, a story called Flight. Yeah, hopefully it will be. Um, so we'll see what happens. It was uh, looks like it'll be interesting. Like I said, I like time travel stories. So, anyways, uh, that'll do it. That'll be the end of our episode, which is season one, episode seventeen, is which is the fever. Uh, this, of course, is the Fifth Dimension of Twilight Zone podcast. Uh, with that said, Triv, as always, uh, I love the uh, pizza on your head. I'm sure that's a, <laughs> a fun party pizza. gift. To, yeah, 
<laughs> I hope you have uh, survived the night that is New Year's in the future when we're <laughs> drunk or whatever. Uh, but where can they find your 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 content, your videos, uh, stuff that has made it through into the Hitachi of your life? <laughs> well, you can see me without a piece of pizza on my head on YouTube at Trivial. Uh, eh. I can't speak. You can find me without a piece of pizza on my head at Trivial Theater on YouTube. Um, I do random, obscure, and straight up bad movies. Um, I recently just did a collab on Santa Claus the movie with um, the another uh, Digital Citizen podcast. And I will have just put out um, a review of the god-awful 1989 movie Elves, which is definitely worth checking out. Nice. I can't wait to watch that. Like you said, it should be posted by the time this posts, so... Yeah um uh, jacob now that you're in 4k now that we can see your ugly mug uh where can they <laughs> find your content yeah um you can find me on jacob vander's reviews on youtube that's where all my stuff goes up and i am as nick mentioned now i am in glorious 4k which means i gotta you know make sure i clean up and i can't get on camera as shabby as i used to be because all that detail shows up now so um yeah i gotta like sexy clean I try, I try, but um, yeah, check those out. Uh, by the time this comes up, I'll put. I have no idea what's coming out right then. As of the time that we're recording this, though, you can check out my review on The Witcher season two, which is fucking badass. If you like yeah. Witcher, if not, probably not. But check out The Witcher <laughs> season two and season one while you're at it, because it's got sexy cavil in it. I mean, Ooh. what else do you need? Yeah. Um, my, and my power <laughs> wand would be busy. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, check out that review i got a copyright claim on it so i appreciate any views and likes i get and uh, some other movies that you've probably never heard of and uh yeah all that conan conan the barbarian 1982 oh, will be coming nice. out tomorrow which will actually be like a week prior to this video coming out so it's kind of irrelevant at that point anyway check me out on twitter as well at red neville 2 i tweet things sometimes he tweets People awesome tweet, I, I tweet stuff i don't know <laughs> usually stuff about videos on youtube so <laughs> check out all that stuff yeah terrible outro done <laughs> <laughs> and uh to finish this out you can find me at movie emporium twitter movie emporium i at the point of this video posting i uh, put all my best ofs and worst ofs of the year Ooh. uh worst film of the year <laughs> is of course uh this podcast no not really but the worst of the year will be an interesting one to dissect so we'll see when that happens like I said, it's been uh, it's been a good year for the most part. If you are uh, uh, somebody who doesn't watch the news, but if you uh, watch movies, it has been a good year as well as Twilight Zone. Been a good year with that. Yay. So, guys, can't wait to see you in tw until twenty twenty two when we decide what episode we're going to do, uh, what time and day and week we're going to do next. But uh, as I end this uh, mumbling that I'm doing, uh, we'll see you in twenty twenty two with a new episode of the Fifth Dimension. Peace out, guys. Happy New Year. Check out my top 10 and bottom 10 too. Forgot about that because <laughs> I'm terrible at planning this stuff. And check out Nick's because his favorite movie of the year was The Matrix Resurrection. Bye. <laughs> that it was. We have, we can, we have proof. <laughs> we can bring oh, receipts. <laughs> there you go.